We're going to start a new series today, and truthfully, I believe this will be revolutionary for a lot of people. Um, you know, I have about 15 names, so the one I give you today may not be the title next week, uh, but the content is the important part. And um, right now, the series is called Beyond the Upper Room, and we're going to talk about uh, relationship and uh, you may hear some things that shake you inside today in a good way. And um, some things do need to be shaken. So if you will, amen. You know, there are scriptures how uh, God uh, is in this day shaking people. Now, don't get that picture of him going, what's your problem? And you're like, you know, like you see those abusive videos and think that's horrible but some people think God's that way the shaking he's talking about is that he will talk to people individually deal with their heart and areas of their life that they have um, built up uh, by wrong opinions or different ideas his word will shake that so it will fall and can be removed because all of us have heard things, even religious things, that actually can be hindering us from a profound walk with God. Profound results, everything. And I would venture to think that the church world as a whole, uh, by observation, not that I've been everywhere, uh, is affected by this and uh, is affected by that type of thing where they've heard so many different ideas. And so one thing that truth will do and one thing about Christianity that makes it different than everything in the world, any religion, any religious idea, is when we preach God's word, God works with it. Then God convicts people, so it's not just opinions that tickle the ear and make people go, oh, I'm going to decide on this or decide on this. God actually deals with people through Christianity or through the message of the gospel, through the word of God. God deals with individual hearts. That's one thing uh, that is so distinct. God is alive God will deal with people. Now, we can read the Word of God and it can just be vibrant, but there can be certain areas where God will just make it come alive to you and you go, whoa, that's profound. And, and, and it's a sad day when people take that for granted. You know, there are people around the world today that if they could be dealt with by God one time, their life would be revolutionized. Revolutionized. There are lost people hurting, going, is there hope? Is, is there somebody out there? Is there a God? Because you, you know, that's how people are. If you're out there, help me. Could you imagine him, through the truth, dealing with a person? The answer is, it's done. And then people will say, how do you know God's alive? He, he dealt with me. I've received a call from him. And I don't mean a call to go preach, but I mean a call from heaven. You know, I called on him and he answered. And so when he does speak to us, things can be shaken. Other things can be made solid.
And so if you will, open up your Bible to Acts 16. I'm sorry, I put Acts in my notes, but it's actually John 16. Good thing I know what verse it is. John 16, the 16th chapter, and we're going to get started with some of maybe uh, the most profound verses uh, that you will find in the Bible uh, for a believer. Uh, real profound words. Um, maybe words that you could argue over. Maybe words that, um, if they're not emphasized, uh, can leave people with wrong ideas and wrong opinions, and they're in the church. And I mean, and not just in the church as a religious thing, they've given their life to the Lord. And so we're going to look at these verses, and these will kind of be our foundational ones in this series. John 16, and we'll begin reading in verse 5. He said, and this is Jesus, but now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you is asking me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. I mean, these guys blanked out. They've been with the Lord three and a half years. They've watched all these miracles. They've heard the most tremendous messages. They've seen Jesus walk on water. They have, some of them have even seen the dead raised. Some of them have been with Jesus on a mountain and saw this bright cloud appear and Jesus transfigure in front of them and they heard the voice of God. I mean, these people have seen some tremendous things. And now they've gone blank to what Jesus is saying because now they're overcome by sorrow. This relationship we started uh, is ending. So they think. Because I'm going away. Now they're not hearing anything. They're not thinking. They're not going, where are you going? None of that's there. They're just filled with sorrow. Then verse 7 says, let me read verse 6 again. But because I said these things to you, sorrow, anguish has filled your heart. You know, anguish in a heart of a person uh, is a real thing. I mean, and anguish can come from various areas, different people, through different experiences. Could you imagine getting anguish from the Lord, being sorrowful from hearing from Him? But what happened was they, they needed a change in their thinking. And notice what he said in verse 7, nevertheless. He just said, listen, i got to keep telling you this, even though you're full of sorrow right now. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, and he goes on to explain some things. Think of what he just got done saying. He said to them, this is to your advantage that I'm leaving. How many of you would agree with that? Probably on the surface, people would say, no way. I mean, they're not thinking that. But he said this, different translations read differently. It literally means it's for your best. Huh? 
It, it, it will benefit you if I leave. Now think about it. They've been nonstop with Jesus, watching the dead race. They've seen so many miracles, the Bible said, that the books in all the world could contain them. I mean, it was like a miracle festival. I mean, we just hear of some of them. We only hear of a couple of times when he walked on water. We only hear of a couple of times when he fed multitudes with loaves and fish. We, we only hear, uh, you know, we hear about groups of people being healed. We hear about these things, but they were just a small sample size of what was really going on. And then Jesus said, you guys have been with me? They heard those words that were so full of life and power, and, and then Jesus said, I'm leaving, and, and it's better for you. He, another translation says, it's profitable. How could it be profitable to be there with him and then not with him. That, it could be a strange thing. It's an interesting thought. Because he's basically saying, uh, when I'm gone, it, it should be. The potential is there for something better. And most people in the world, at least in the world, but probably in the church too, and I know this because I probably thought this way when I first got saved, but there has been a change, is I would think, man, if I only lived with the Lord, if I, only, if I was only the 13th apostle or just one of the followers that followed him, that would be the ticket. And Jesus said, no, it's not. Basically, he was saying the best way to have a relationship with the Lord would be not with him walking when he walked on the earth. Now, see this to some people. There could be people. You remember when Jesus went to forgive a guy and inside it said, why do you reason in your heart? Because people are like, who can do this? You know, I could be saying that right now. The relationship that we are potentially able to partake of is better than the one that they had when he walked on the earth. And maybe like those people said, uh-uh, under their breath, and he perceived it. He said, why are you thinking like that? I wonder who's been thinking like that hearing this. Uh-uh, mm-mm. Uh, but they're like this. But it's true. I mean, I'm not making this stuff up. And what's so wild is you don't hear of any of the apostles arguing the state after in any of their letters. And they had it both ways. They had it when Jesus was here and they had it when Jesus wasn't here. And none of them said he was lying. Jesus just was not telling the truth about that. We've, we've had him three and a half years. Uh, you know, uh, 
Peter had that vision on that roof, you know, six years later or so, uh, when he went to reach Cornelius' house, when the angel came, and you know the story, if you don't, in the book of Acts. But this guy Peter lived with Jesus, and he didn't say all those years later, yeah, it's good over here, but not as good. He He didn't say in any of his writings Back in the good old days. You know, back then, in the good old days, when, when Jesus walked the earth, most people think, if, if, if I could see him with my physical eyes, hear him with my physical ears, see his lips move and speak, or see him touch people and pray for people, that would be the highest. That would be the highest. And here's the thing. If, if I think that way, or we find ourselves thinking that way, we're actually thinking at a lower way. Now, I'm going to talk about this. And remember, if this is a benefit... And if you ever go get a job and they sit down with you and say, we want to go over your benefits package, then it's a benefit, right? They don't go like this. And now we're going to look at your benefit package. Um, we're going to take your health care away. We're going to take money out of your 401k. I see you've got a chunk of money in the bank. We're going to take some of that away. This is your benefit package. You guys are going to go, oh, yeah, this uh, this sounds awesome. That's not a benefit. And so when he said this will benefit you, then this means it was going to be better. So it didn't mean like, you know, just some things are just going to be taken away and some things are going to be whatever and it's going to kind of weigh out. He he said it's going to be benefited. It's going to benefit. But the problem is, is when people are trying to approach him like they did when he was on the earth, they miss out on what could benefit them in a better way. And so we're going to target all that. We're going to look at that. And I believe this is going to be so helpful to people. We don't want to approach him uh, that way with that kind of thinking. What we need to do is go, okay, if he said this is better and it doesn't seem better to me, then I need to figure this out. Are you with me? And and somebody might say, well, just salvation alone is better. Uh, Those, you know, getting saved is better. Maybe for dying and, you know, whatever, but there's something about living. And we're going to look at this. And, And... People that are born again, uh, there's something to tap into. This could be a revolution uh, for people in the church. When I say people in the church, I don't mean just people who attend the church. I mean people who have given their life to the Lord. This could change individuals as we go through this stuff. I mean in a profound way. Go with me to to John. Well, let's read verse 7 again. And he said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. 
it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the helper, the helper, the helper. Now who, what the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, if you read through the setting here, the helper is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. So he basically said something here that needs to be foundational to the believer, that Jesus is leaving, but he's not leaving us on our own. He's not leaving us to our own whatever, you know, that we just figure it out on our own. He said, listen, I've been out here walking with you, but I'm going to be gone and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he's not just going to be out here, he's going to come in you. Now understand this, the Holy Spirit is not just some experience. Because if he's just an experience, we haven't tapped the benefit. But sometimes people have thought the Holy Spirit is just an experience, and it's kind of like they built a monument, and and there are experiences. I'm, I'm not denying that. But it's as if they build a monument and they say, back then I had this experience. See the statue over there I built? And they live off of that past experience. But there's no present something going on that would uh, be profitable more than being here on the earth with the Lord. Now, I understand you're new inside and those types of things, but there's more than just a past experience of this time I received power or had a powerful experience. He basically said, this walk that you can have is going to be better than the walk you had now. There are going to be benefits. It's going to be profitable. So he said the key to this is when you get saved, not only being saved, but get filled with the Spirit, and then the key is within that. Now, I understand there's other factors, the Bible and stuff, but really what unlocks the Bible is the power of the Spirit. I said it's the power of the Spirit. Now, look down at the 12th verse, and we're going to, same context, he said, I still have many things to say to you. I still have many things to say to you. But what he just said is, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. They didn't have telephones. They didn't have CBs. They didn't have computers. They couldn't text. He, he said, I'm leaving. They're full of sorrow. He said, but I still have a lot I want to talk to you about. I, I, there's a lot I want to deal with you guys about. He, he wasn't saying, too bad I didn't get it to you while I was here. He basically, if you read here, he said, 
I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. In other words, you need to develop, you need to grow. There's some stuff. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to progressively tell you some stuff. But he said, I can't tell you right now. But how could that be beneficial? You're gonna, you, you got stuff I need to know, and you're leaving. And with no indication that I'll be back, he'll be back in a month or two, you know, after he goes on this whatever safari he's going on or whatever. He, he's just going to be gone. And, and they knew, this is it. And, and he's got the lottery ticket numbers. You know, to riches. And, I, and, I, and he said, I don't just have... A couple of things, you know, we just kind of ran out of time. You know, has, hasn't that happened? You know, there's just, it's almost done, but I ran out of time. But it's only a little bit. It's not that important. How many of you know anything the Lord says to us is important? I mean, massively important. I mean, I, I mean and he can take the scripture and open them up. Just like he multiplied the loaves and fish on the earth you break them and there all of a sudden more appears and more appears he starts teaching people and here they're like man he's got more to tell us and he didn't just say i got one little thing he said i have many things but in the backdrop they're full of sorrow right now because he's leaving but he's like i still gonna get this truth to you and he said, however, when he, verse 13, the spirit of truth, wow, that means I can trust him. I can trust him when he deals with me. I can trust him. Because he's the spirit of truth, and when it's real truth, you can trust it. And he said, however, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Now understand the context he's saying this. I'm leaving. I'm going to send the spirit of God to you. And what he's going to do, he's going to take the things that I've been wanting to tell you. And he's going to start telling them to you. He's going to start revealing them to you. Let's read on. He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. Literally, it means the Holy Spirit doesn't think, say things he wants to say. That's why you never see them praying to the Holy Spirit. Never in the Bible. Why? Because he doesn't speak on his own authority or his own compulsion. In other words... You know, have you ever had kids with you and, and all of a sudden they blab something that they shouldn't have and you're like, you don't say that to them. Yeah, we'd love to go to eat with you. And, and I understand God is one. He's Father manifests in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is subject to the Son and the Father. And he doesn't just do things on his own. Notice what it says. He will tell you, he said he will take or he will speak. 
Whatever he hears, he will speak. Whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, verse 14, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Now think of this. Jesus said, I've got a lot of things I want to talk to you about. I have many things to communicate with you. But I've got to go right now. And he said, but it's better that I leave because what's going to happen is the Holy Spirit is going to come to live in every individual who gives their life to the Lord and then you can be filled to overflowing. And he said, he could be in you. And he said, then in my absence, he will begin to communicate things to you that I have long wanted to tell you. And there's many things I want to talk to you about. There's many things I want to reveal to you. Basically, what Jesus was saying right here is he was saying, my relationship with humanity is about to change. He had been trying to get this across to people when he walked on the earth. Even when one woman asked him a question, what's the right way to worship? What's the right way to get in contact with God? And she said, you know, Jews say you worship God here, and, and, and our people say you worship God over here. And he said, you don't know what you're talking about. That's an encouraging word in John 4. But he said, listen, the time is coming that even though the Jews are doing it right right now, it's totally changing. They're, the way you're going to contact God is in the Spirit and according to truth. He said that he, he was trying to convey your relationship was changing. There's going to be a time when the human race will have different relationship with me. My relationship with the disciples, he was saying, is it's not going to change, guys, in this aspect that it's going to end. But what is going to change is how it's carried out. And so if we think that it would be better to touch Jesus, to walk the dusty roads with Jesus, to be in the house when the woman came in and poured the alabaster oil on him and washed his feet, or, or the time when the guy, you know, the roof tile was ripped off the roof and they lowered a, lowered a cripple down and we saw him get healed. What, what the problem with that is this, not that we wouldn't be cool to see it, but he was saying, your relationship with me is going to be different now. You ever heard the verse, we walk by faith and not by sight? You could change that word to this. Now we walk by faith and are not moved by our senses. Touch, sight. And you can see this principle in the Old Testament, but it becomes on display in the New Testament. It's not that there won't be visions. It's not that an angel won't appear. It's not that we won't see a miracle or see somebody healed. But he said, listen, the depth of this relationship is going to change. And it's going to be based on this, guys. The Holy Spirit is going to come live in you. And instead of you hearing me with your physical ears and seeing my lips move, what's going to happen is the Holy Spirit who will take of what is mine and reveal it to you, will now be able to live in a human being. There are tremendous benefits to that. Because I don't know about you, but 
you know, there are things I would like to do on the earth. You know, I'd like to go to a place here or there. But if Jesus is in, in Israel, how many of you would be like, let's take a trip this week? I mean, literally. You know how many people would be flocking there right now? But here's the problem with that. We got to move back home. We got to get back home. I got to get back to my job. I got to get back to my pet giraffe or whatever pet you have. My dog, my cat, my family. And so I may partake a little bit, but here's a huge difference. I can wake up in the middle of the night and the Holy Spirit's there. They couldn't even do that. There were times Jesus was asleep in a boat. And they woke him up when they got in trouble. But wouldn't it have been cool if he would have been awake the whole time? But God never sleeps or slumbers in heaven. And so we can make contact with him. But we've got to learn how he's going to deal with us. Because if I don't, I'll be waiting for something in the sight and seeing realm. And I'll miss out on this profitableness of this continued relationship in a new way. This relationship is not solely based on the eyes, the ears, the touch. It's now a spiritual thing. And so I'm not tuning in with my natural ears. I'm tuning in with my spiritual ears. Jesus said it like this, if anybody has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. This is the beginning of some kind of wild, radical revolution for individuals. And so when he said, I have many things to say to you, and then he explained my relationship with you is not ending, it's just changing. If we would learn how this change took place and how to access this, our lives will change. And we would say, yeah, it's cool. It'd be cool to go see those things when Jesus was on the earth. But wait a minute, there's more. I hear from heaven. And I'm not talking about hearing voices or trying to hear something. This is a reality. This is a real thing. And, and we're going to get into the details of this so that people's potential in their fellowship with the Lord it doesn't stop it, I'm born again, and doesn't stop it, I've been filled with the Spirit. Think of this, if Jesus said the key to this new relationship where I continue to convey things to you is going to be the Holy Spirit, I'm going to need to know where he is in me, if he lives in me, if I'm saved, and how he deals with me, and are there things I can do to enhance this? Or to access the depth of this? Now, I can be saved and go to heaven. But I want everything God wants for me. Well, I'm here. And my effectiveness with the king, 
in the kingdom and with the world is going to be greatly affected by this. Because God could deal with you to reach somebody and as a normal thing you'd think, oh, not them. But see, God knows the hearts and he lives in you if you're saved. And so he can deal with you to reach somebody who by the physical, that old way of relationship, natural sight, natural ears, we would think, no, no, no. And he'd go, no, reach him. And then you find out they're actually open. Or maybe it looks like they're not, but God deals with them through it. Our relationship is to be a continued one with tremendous things. If Jesus had many things to say to them, he has many things to say to us. Let's turn to Acts, the first chapter, and and we're going to probably go back and look at some of these later. But Acts, the first chapter, he has given instructions of this uh, beneficial, profitable, advantageous, all different words, what's best, relationship, and I'm leaving. But he was so wanting them to walk in this, he said there's a key, and we already read it, it's going to be the Holy Spirit. So Acts, the first chapter, we see that Jesus tells them in Acts 1.8, he said, this is right the very last time, and he gets caught up in front of them. This is when that earthly relationship ended. I mean, it's, it's the last time that he's walking with them. It's not the last time he appeared to somebody. It's the last time that it was just a walk on the earth, day after day after day, physically seeing the Lord. So he said in verse 8, But you shall receive power... And here's the thing. Don't get caught up in the word power. Power. Electricity. The word means ability. That can be real broad. He said, but you shall receive power or ability when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Well, what kind of ability? That was a nice little... Ability, I was going to say something, but I'm not. Anyway, um, what kind of ability is it that we're going to receive? That was so important that they've been trained three and a half years, and he said, I'm leaving, but hold on, don't go do what I've trained you to do until, until, Until you receive power when the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, then you will be a witness to me 
or witness for me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the end of the earth. Here's an interesting thing. He said, I'm going to continue my relationship with you. You're going to walk on this earth with this profound relationship. But remember, he said, it's going to start when I send the Holy Spirit. Isn't it interesting? He said, do not go until you get filled with the power of the Spirit. Well, if it means ability, isn't one of the abilities of the Holy Spirit to convict? Yeah, because we skipped over some verses. Isn't the power or ability of the Spirit to unveil? Yeah. Isn't the power of the Spirit to make the Word alive? Isn't the power of the Spirit to direct me when I talk? Isn't the power of the Spirit to give me utterance to pray in an unknown tongue? Isn't the power of the Spirit in me so that when I pray, power goes out to help people in whatever state they're in? All of that is the power of the Holy Spirit. All of that is. But if I only think power is an experience, then I'm going to miss out on, I'm about to enter into, or the church is supposed to enter into, some kind of profound relationship where it's not out here where God deals with each individual person. Somebody said, well, I'm a Christian, and I'm not, I'm not tapping that like where it's better. Whether I do it or I don't is not on the Lord. But with cooperation, we can all walk away and say, my relationship is better now than it was before. And it's getting better. And if we learn these things, it's going to be incredible. Because remember this, the Holy Spirit takes the place of Jesus in the earth. And so if we receive ability, part of the ability is where he communes with us the things of God. And he said he would do it in such a way that our relationship with him would not be diminished, but would be benefited. So why don't we next week go to part two? And start looking at these things. How to cooperate. What the scripture actually says. Could we end up with some kind of profound relationship. By the time or fellowship. By the time we get to this. Through this. Some people would say. With absolute confidence. Oh yeah what Jesus said there. I'm knowing it. Others will be well on their way. And say. I can see the light of what he's saying. I'm not all the way there yet, walking in it, but I can see the path. I, I know this. And here's the other side to it. It will affect every aspect of your existence.